0: Good morning. morning. Welcome to Embrace. Can y'all hear me? Welcome to Embrace.
1: My name is Jeff. Are y'all ready to worship the Lord? Let me hear you say amen. Amen. Come on, I can't hear you. I like that. I'm going to turn it over to our worship team. Let's show them a lot of love.
2: worship there will be a kind of bolded part on the screen for you to say with me so O lord let my soul rise up to meet you as the day rises to meet the sun glory to the father and to the son and to the holy spirit as it was in the beginning is now and will be forever amen will you stand and join us to worship remain standing. We recently in the last few weeks have been starting worship with a confession together and that pattern actually comes from Isaiah chapter 6. Isaiah enters into the presence of the Lord and as soon as he sees the glory of the Lord he says, I am a man of unclean lips. And he asks for the Lord to cleanse him so that he can be in the presence and the glory of the Lord and be transformed by it. And so we're continuing that pattern, that ancient Christian pattern together when we say a confession. Because we come in and we experience the presence of the Lord and we recognize that he is wonderful and glorious and he can transform us. So we confess to empty ourselves out so that he can fill us up in worship. So would you join in the confession this morning? We know that nothing is able to separate us from the love of God and Jesus Christ. Let us in freedom confess the wrong we have done. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Now would you turn to some nearby neighbors to share gratitude and lament together this morning. This is a time we come into this space bringing our whole person the things that are good and the things that aren't and laying them before God and our community. So I invite you just to if you have one of those things or both of those things this morning you can share them and if somebody shares with you you can always just say thank you in response. So take a few moments and just turn nearby and I'll bring us back together to sing. To get uh-huh. some pumpkins to paint. I got a bunch of like gourds and stuff at Trader Joe's at the beginning of the season, and then two of them have already rotted because I get mine like really early. So, so I need to replace a few of them maybe. I just got like 10 yes. oh, weird, yeah.
3: I'm
2: waiting for tonight to be <laughs> Yes. Yes. Which it was super cold this week before it got hot, but right. it's hit or miss. you'll go ahead and turn back to the front and sing with us to invite our kids and their leaders to come forward and head upstairs to the Wonder Room. Let's give them a hand as they leave.
0: Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here today. In just a moment, we're going to have our time of prayer. But first, Sarah, you can come over here. I'm going to invite Sarah Trapp to come down, and she's got uh, something she'd like to share with you about something happening after our service today. So let's give Sarah a warm welcome.
2: Good morning. I just didn't want John to have to make this announcement himself because it's about the pastor appreciation social after church today. Um, I've already been downstairs and there's a ton of food, um, really pretty tables. It'll be just a really sweet time of um, gathering together and just expressing our gratitude for the wonderful pastors that we have here at Embrace. Um, Yeah, that's all. I hope to see you guys there.
0: Awesome. Thank you, Sarah. So one thing we started doing a couple weeks ago is we're taking just a few moments to spend in silent prayer and then also joining together in prayer as well. And one thing that I've been inviting you all to do, if you would like to, is that um, if you'd like to kneel at the altar and pray during this time, then you're welcome to come join me. Um, Each Sunday that I lead, I'm going to kneel here at the altar. Sometimes I like to engage my body when I pray, and kneeling is just a sign of just my dependence and need for God, Um, and it's also a sign of reverence for God for all He's done for us. And so um, I'm going to kneel here at the altar, and if anybody would like to join me, you're welcome to come up and kneel as well, Um, or you can just stay in your seats. That's totally fine too. And I'm going to give us some time of silence just for you all to pray uh, some silent prayers on your own. You may just want to kind of breathe in and breathe out and be reminded of God's life-giving Spirit that lives within you. And then after a period of silence, I'm going to pray a prayer for us. And then after that, we will join in the Lord's Prayer, saying it together. And the words for that will be on the screen up here. And so um, I encourage you to pay attention to the words, because there's one part where Uh, We're saying debts and debtors instead of trespasses, and uh, often trespasses is the word we have learned to say growing up. But um, I'm going to kneel here, and if anybody would like to join me, y'all are welcome to come kneel with me as well. But we're just going to take some time of silent prayer, just centering ourselves Like I said, you may just want to focus on your breath. If you're not quite sure how to settle down and get focused, just breathe. and Be reminded of God's Spirit that lives within you. If you're worshiping with us at home, online, then wherever you're at, just take a moment and breathe. Whatever thoughts are coming to your mind right now, whatever they are, it's okay. Just accept them and give them to God. Lord, as we sang this morning, we pray that you would open the eyes of our heart, that we could have fresh vision this morning, that we would leave here with with your eyes, with your heart, with your ears, with your hands and feet, that we would leave here compelled and inspired and invited to sharing Your light wherever we go. Lord, we have already gathered and and lifted up Your name through song and through prayers this morning. And Lord, we just want to say that You are good. You are great. You are faithful to us. And God, we just want to say thank You. Thank You for sticking with us even when we don't deserve it. Thank You for always extending Your loving embrace to us. We thank You, Lord, that Your embrace is wide enough to include all of us. And We pray we could rest in Your love this morning. I know that all of us are bringing uh, things with us this morning. All of us are bringing some kind of stress, I'm sure. We're bringing anxieties and fears, sadness. Pain, heartache, depression, loneliness, anger. There's so much, Lord, that we are bringing with us that a lot of hard things that we're bringing with us today as we come together. And Lord, we just want to give all of that to you this morning. We pray that you would meet us in our moments of need. And you would help us to feel your peace this morning. The peace that passes all understanding. Help us to know that we are loved this morning, to leave here feeling more grounded, more sure, more confident, and better able to to kind of face the challenges of our week that come up for us. Lord, I'm grateful for this rhythm that we have of coming back together every week to be filled up in a fresh and new way so that we can go and pour that out for the sake of the world. We know that it is Sunday, but Monday is coming. And we pray that we would be people who uh, just continue to, to live out the, the calling You've placed on our lives. Today, Lord, we, we come to You with heavy hearts again for just the suffering and pain that we see in our community, the continued gun violence and death that we're seeing, the, the loss of loved ones, the fractured and divided families broken friendships, Lord. We come to you with all of this pain, Lord, and we just ask that you would meet people in their time of need. We pray, Lord, that that, Lord, you would do something and that you would show us how we can partner with you to, to work towards a more peaceable community here in Lexington. God, we also feel a lot of pain and heartache over all the suffering and violence that is happening in many places throughout our nation and and certainly across our world as well. We lament the, the use of violence to try to achieve peace, Lord. We lament the destruction of lives through bombs and drones and rifles and all the things that are just tearing lives apart. We lament, Lord, the lives that are taken through so many other methods of war and destruction. And we pray an end to that, Lord, we long for that day when these weapons of war will be turned into something life-giving and beautiful. And we pray, Lord, that you would come quickly and set things right. We pray this morning, come, Lord Jesus, come. God, we need you so much. We pray, God, as we continue through our worship service, that you would speak to us through your words in Scripture that... Our parable for this morning would inspire us, but also challenge us and maybe even provoke us and, and lead us, Lord, to, to think about the way we live and the way we kind of view ourselves, the way we view others, the way we look at you, and that we would leave here transformed because we've had a real encounter with you. Lord, we love you. Thank you for loving us. And now, Lord, we join together by praying this prayer that you taught us to pray a long time ago. And we join together with many other faithful followers of Jesus across our world as we pray this this morning. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. 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 Well, thank you all for taking that time of prayer with me. We were having a conversation a few weeks ago among some of our leaders here just that we need to create more space for silence during our worship services. We, we sing loud songs. and We have lots of noise and excitement, which is awesome, but we also need more time for quiet, and we also really feel the need just to seek after God through prayer. And yeah, like the persistent widow we talked about last week, we're going to be committed to action and not backing down, but we also have to be people grounded in prayer. And, and really, I want my life to flow out of a sense of prayer and And I'll tell you, when I get stressed and anxious or sad or whatever it is, often the prayer is the thing that's the hardest to do. And so my hope is on Sundays we can be reminded and just have that connection together, which will inspire us to continue on in our lives of prayer individually as we go throughout our weeks. So we're going to continue on. We're going to look at a parable this morning. And like I've told you all recently, many times over, that the parables are meant to challenge our thinking The parables are meant to provoke us. The parables are meant to kind of cause us to reflect deeply on our lives, on others. And so parables are not meant to give us easy answers, okay? And so when we're here and we're talking about parables, like my goal is for you all to leave and to be thinking about this and be considering things. And so this parable for today, it's... It's fairly straightforward, but there aren't any easy answers, and and it's going to cause you all to go kind of process on your own, and really think about um, yourself and about others and about God. And so I'm really excited to share some brief reflections with you all. Then we're going to have a song that's going to help us even enter into it a little bit more after I'm done preaching. I want to start with just sharing a, a quick story. So a few years ago, a, a colleague of mine was here preaching at our church. And he, he was here on a Sunday morning, and it was a really good service. And after his sermon, or b- before he preached his sermon, he said some really kind of nice things about Embrace. You know, he came in, he was trying to encourage us and build up our church because he really does respect what we do here. And one thing he said has stuck with me, and I'll, I'll tell you why, but he said, if Jesus were to attend a church in Lexington, he said, I think Jesus would go to Embrace, and You know, that's a nice thing to say. Uh, Of course, he was using his imagination um, when he said that. He has no clue where Jesus would go to church or if Jesus would choose any of our churches in Lexington. I don't know. Um, But he was trying to say something important um, for our church. He believed we were really trying to live into the mission of Jesus, and he thought Jesus would feel like these are his people and he would want to be here with us in our community. Now, I, I appreciated his encouragement, you know, that idea of recognizing our church as being kind of a unique place here in our city. And I do believe we are a unique church. However, I've, as I've thought about it, I think I've liked that comment maybe a little too much. <laughs> and here's what I mean. It's tempting to think our church is different, that we are following Jesus more closely than all the others, that we're the realest church in town, That we're more gritty, we're more more honest, we're more biblical, we're we're more loving. And and I want to get real simple and straightforward here. It's really tempting to think our church is better than all the others. And whether I like to say that out loud, you know, it's real tempting to think that about ourselves. Of course Jesus would pick and brace out of all the other churches in Lexington, right? It's very tempting to assume that Jesus is on our team That He supports our cause. That He likes our music. He prays like we do. He likes us better. He loves the way we read the Bible. He loves kind of how we do things here. It's very tempting to think that way. And I'll say it's also very dangerous to think that way. Our text for today is another parable that Jesus told. It's a story that He told. We don't know if this story actually happened or if He's just telling us a story to make us think. But they're meant to challenge us, surprise us, and provoke us. And this parable has challenged me to dig deep and think about my own pride, the way I look at other people, and how I sometimes even think that I am better than others. So if you you ever had pride, if you've ever thought like you're better than somebody else, then this parable is for you. So I'm going to read it for us. It's Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. And I'm going to ask as you're able to, um, for those who can, if y'all would stand with me for the reading of the Gospel. Uh, Christina pointed out to me a, a while back that it's a really powerful tradition to stand for the reading of the Gospel because there's a lot of power behind and meaning behind this. We stand for the reading of the Gospel as a reminder that Jesus stood among us, that He came and He left heaven above and He walked among us in our world. And so we stand together as a sign of what Jesus has done for us, that He stands with us. And we also stand as a sign that we stand together throughout our lives. So we stand together on Sundays because we stand together in our day-to-day lives. And so hear these words from the Gospel of Luke chapters 9-14. through 14. To some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told them this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, One a Pharisee, and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people. Robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man... Rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and all those who humble themselves will be exalted. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Amen. Y'all can have a seat. You know, this, this parable that I just read, in many ways, is fairly straightforward, Luke tells us why Jesus told the parable. He tells us who He was saying it to. He says at the beginning that Jesus told this parable to some people who were confident in their own righteousness and also looked down on everyone else. Which means that we're all implicated here because I think at many times we've all been confident in our own righteousness and I'm fairly sure that all of us have looked down on other people at points during our lives. We've thought we're better than others. This parable is for us. There are two men in the parable, and both men uh, went up to the temple to pray. Now, one man was a Pharisee, and one was a tax collector. So, I want to talk about the Pharisee's prayer first. The Pharisee stood up, and he prayed a prayer of thanks to God. It was a prayer of gratitude. And he was looking at his life and he's like, he said, God, I thank you that I am not like. And then he gave a list of people that he was grateful he was not like. He was glad that he was not like the robbers, evildoers, adulterers, and tax collectors. All people I don't want to be like either. (laughs) I wonder how you all would end that sentence. God, I thank you. I am not like. Think about that just for a moment. How would you end that sentence? God, I thank you that I am not like those people. Some possibilities of how folks might answer this question. God, I thank you that I am not like my parents. God, I thank you that I am not like those Trump supporters. God, I thank you that I am not like the godless liberals. God, I thank you that I am not like racist or lazy people or terrible drivers. I thank you that I am not like negative people. I thank you that I am not like my ex wife or my ex husband. I'm thankful I'm not like that liar and cheater. I thank, I'm thankful that I am not like those greedy rich people. God, I thank you that I'm not like fundamentalist Christians. Stupid people. I'm thankful I'm not like Governor DeSantis or Greg Abbott. I'm thankful that I'm not like that preacher at that church over there. We probably think these kinds of thoughts more often than we would like to admit. It's easy for us to point our finger at others and think, man, I'm glad I'm not like them. Our culture today, I don't know if y'all agree with me, but it's a very harsh, judgmental, and very divided culture right now. Do y'all agree that we're living in a time where, like, it's just really mean. There's a lot of real meanness going around, a lot of pointing our fingers at other people, a lot of judgment, and, and we're all just, like, so separated from one another. If you're like me as I look back over the last few years in particular, I think our world's changed a lot just in the last few years. But as I look back over the last few years, I can say personally that, that I've written off some people <laughs> and just said I don't want anything to do with them anymore. And I've, I've just kind of put them out of my life in many ways. I'm sure you all have written people off in the last few years, made assumptions about other people, maybe distanced yourself from people that you feel aren't like you, aren't as loving as you, hold different views than you, go to different churches than yours. I, I've had people distance themselves from me uh, because of Facebook posts I made. I don't know if that's happened to you all before. Um, I've also distanced myself from other people because of their Facebook post as well because I didn't like the things they were saying. Um, they probably thought about me. They're like, man, I'm glad I'm not like him. He's gone off the deep end. <laughs> Perhaps I've thought about them, similar things. I'm grateful I'm not like them. They've, they've really gone down a weird path. <laughs> I'll tell you, I'm just going to be honest with you all. I'm feeling increasingly uncomfortable with this. <laughs> with this kind of divisive, divisive, judgmental, arrogant way of living in the world. And I wonder, I wonder if Jesus is inviting us to something different. Maybe something more life-giving. Something more Gracious. Something more redemptive and transforming. You know, this parable uh, surprises like all parables. The Jewish audience that Jesus was talking to, you know, they would have likely made some assumptions as they heard Jesus telling this story. Quickly. Quick assumptions they would have made. That we don't necessarily make because we're not living in their time. But they would have made some quick assumptions. They probably would have assumed, as he said, there were two men, a Pharisee and a tax collector. They would have immediately assumed the Pharisee is going to be the good person in the story, and the tax collector is going to be the evil, corrupt, and sinful person in the story. Pharisees today uh, in Christian circles have a bad reputation. All right, Jesus did have some conflict with some Pharisees in the gospel. And we have assumed that all Pharisees, therefore, were self-righteous and legalistic and corrupt hypocrites. That's not true. I remember I sang a song as a kid. I was telling Jeremy Henke this on Zoom this morning during our Bible study. It was called, I don't want, I Just Want to Be a Sheep. Have you all heard this? It's like, I just want to be a sheep, bye, 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 bye. It's a terrible song. Um, <laughs> but there's one line. It goes like, it goes like I don't want to be a Pharisee because they're not fair, you see. <laughs> You know, so we don't want to be a Pharisee, because they're not fair, you see. Uh, also, the Sadducees, I don't want to be a Sadducee, because they're so sad, you see. It's really not, it's kind of lame, you know. Uh, it's terrible, I agree. Um, gross stereotypes of these, these groups. Uh, and like, it's kind of funny, but, but the reality is actually, like, there's a deeper problem here. Because often as Christians, and, and there's been some really terrible Examples of how a lot of Christians have even gone to be anti-Jewish because sometimes of the ways we've taken Jesus' conflict with some of some religious leaders as meaning that, that Jesus condemned all the Jewish leadership. And that's just frankly not true. There were a lot of good Pharisees and many of the Pharisees during that time would have been respected and revered uh, by the community there. Many of the Pharisees shunned worldly wealth They dedicated themselves to God. And they sought to follow God's law as closely as they possibly could. That's not a bad thing. Those are all good things. And many of the Pharisees were trying to help others figure out how to follow God in their day-to-day lives as well. The same exact stuff Jesus was trying to do. And that's one reason He butted head with some of them. Because they were both maybe having different ways about doing that in the world. So, Many of the Pharisees, they wanted Judaism to be renewed and revived. And and the Jewish audience who was hearing Jesus tell this story, they would have looked favorably on the Pharisee in the story and wanted to identify with the Pharisee. Tax collectors, on the other hand, were not viewed favorably. Nowadays, we see how Jesus... Jesus reached out to a lot of tax collectors, and so we have a favorable view of tax collectors today in many ways, because we're like, they were like the marginalized, oppressed people, and we love them like Jesus did, which is wonderful. However, tax collectors were not necessarily that way back then. They, they were not people who anyone would have looked at favorably, particularly Jews, because they were kind of sellouts. They, the Roman Empire... One thing that they did is is the Roman Empire conquered a lot of nations in that area, and that's how they built their empire. And one way they would fund their empire is through taxation of the conquered peoples, right? And so what they would do, it was very smart, they would recruit locals, and so of these nations they would recruit people to be tax collectors and collect their taxes for them. And they kind of gave them free reign to do it however they wanted, they just needed their money, and so tax collectors would often... Um, go and they would collect way more than what the Roman government was requiring and they would keep the rest. And so say they need to get five bucks in in a day, they would maybe go collect eight dollars and get three for themselves and five to the empire. And so this is kind of how they would build their own wealth. And so needless to say, uh, the Jewish people didn't like their own people taking advantage of them and working with the oppressor, right? Right. And so the fact that a tax collector in this story would have been in the temple praying would have been fairly jarring probably to a first century Jew who was hearing this story. Tax collectors uh, were collaborating with the Romans. The mighty empire that was actually exploiting the temple. And so they would probably, tax collectors would have been probably welcome to go into the temple and pray. But they wouldn't have been received with much warmth and kindness. Kindness. Jesus' audience would have applauded the fact that the Pharisees were not like the tax collectors. The Pharisees' prayer probably wouldn't have sounded very bad to them. Like, no one should be like a tax collector, right? So perhaps a Jew would agree, God, I am grateful I am also not like a tax collector, right? So really, I believe the scandal of this story It has to do some with that prayer, but the scandal of the story in my mind is that God showed grace to the tax collector in the story. That the tax collector is the one that's lifted up and said, went home justified, not the Pharisee. You know, we don't even know if the tax collector changed his ways or not. All we know is the tax collector cried out for mercy and God responded to his cry. You know, we are all quite happy when we receive that kind of divine grace and forgiveness and acceptance and love, but it's another thing um, when we think about our enemies, the people we despise, the people we feel like are hurting us or others receiving that same kind of divine grace. That's another story. I think this parable is really a genius parable for Jesus to tell because it forces us to seriously consider the way we view ourselves and the way we look at other people. If we come away from this parable with 100% clarity on who's right and who's wrong in this parable, like if we come away saying, I'm glad I'm not like the judgmental Pharisee in this story, then we've done the very thing the parable is telling us not to do. (laughs) And perhaps that's the point. To push us to avoid easy assumptions about other people, to look beyond the surface and try to see people the way God sees people. You know, a few weeks ago, Christina preached and she shared a definition of humility. I think the story in many ways is about humility. And she said humility is agreeing with God about who He says He is and who He says I am. And so it's agreeing with God about who God is and who God says He is and how God sees me. And she pointed out this week as we were talking that that we can take it even a step further. That it is also agreeing with God about who He says other people are as well. And so humility is agreeing with God about who God says God is, about who God says I am, and about who God says other people are. It is agreeing with God about who He says your parents are about who he says your political opponent is it's agreeing with god about who he says that you know christian that you just think is way off the deep end who they are it's agreeing with god about who god about how god views other people so being humble is seeing yourself the way god sees you and seeing others the way god sees them as well you know last week i said that that jesus was on a mission To get us to see the world differently. To see God differently. To see ourselves differently. To see others differently. And so, instead of seeing ourselves as better than others, more enlightened than others, more right than others, perhaps we just need to see ourselves as broken human beings who need God's grace and love. Just like the neighbor down the street who drives us crazy. Or your friend on social media who seems to push all your buttons without even trying (laughs) You are loved by God, and so are they. You know, one reason Jesus told parables, I think, is to bust open our boxes. You know, we've all created boxes whether we want to admit it or not. We've created boxes where we can put God, where God is like this. God is just like our little branch of Christianity that we've come up with here. Or we want to create boxes for others and say, you know, those people are like that because you know they they support that person, or these people are like that because they watch that television station. These people are like that because they hang with those folks, or they look like that. We've also created boxes for ourselves and say, this is who I am. This is what the all I will ever achieve in my life. This is I'm not lovable, or, or I'm so great, or whatever it may be. And I think Jesus has came to kind of bust those open. You know, often we think God supports our political views, that God, um, because mine are the right ones, right? (laughs) We think that those people must be hateful and mean because they go to that church and they read those authors and they watch that television channel. I must be a good person because I read these books, I follow that Twitter account, I got the cool yard sign, you know. Yet I think Jesus is challenging us to like try a little harder, right? To, to have a bigger vision than just whatever we're seeing right in front of us right now. To think differently, to see differently, to expand our minds and our vision, to see a wider embrace, a more loving way, a more merciful and gracious path. In our world that's just like filled with meanness and judgment and violence and hate and separation. I believe Jesus is inviting us down a path of radical mercy and compassion and love. And I don't know exactly how we get there. (laughs) But I want to push back a little bit and just say like, I feel like we've done a lot of harm, we've made a lot of assumptions about others, and we've kind of just bought into the way society's working right now. And I believe the church ought to be trying to discern something different. It's one thing we were talking about in our Bible study downstairs this morning. It's just like, you know, you have these different paths that the Pharisees and the tax collectors are representing, and maybe Jesus is like calling us to a different way. And I think instead of just saying, I'm going to get with these folks and follow whatever they're saying, or I'm going to get with these folks and follow whatever they're saying, let's continue to study the Bible. Let's continue to discern what the Spirit is doing among us and try to go down the path that God is leading us. And I think it has got to be a, a, a path that's less judgmental than what we're living right now. It's got to be a path that, that is more compassionate and more gracious and more loving. So that's what I want y'all to reflect on this week. Christina's going to sing a song for us, so I'll go ahead and invite her and whoever's singing with her on this song to come forward. Before we're uh, sharing communion, I want to give y'all a chance just to reflect a little bit, and this is a really beautiful song that... Uh, Christina sent Laban and and me just a a few months ago. It's just called What If Jesus? And it's just asking some questions. (laughs) And and it's really a song, I think, that is similar to the parables. It's a song that kind of pushes us and challenges us a little bit to consider what Jesus might really be about and who Jesus might be. And, you know, I I think in many ways we need to set Jesus free. (laughs) I think we've tried to, like, kind of make Jesus form to what we want Jesus to be. And we're all guilty of it, whether you want to admit it or not. And and I think we need to continue over and over to try to set Jesus free and let Jesus be Jesus. And follow after the Jesus that we read in the Gospels. The Jesus that's revealed to us through His Word and through what the Holy Spirit is doing in us, among us, in our community. And so this song is really about that. It's about setting Jesus free to be who Jesus is. You know, I heard this morning, I was listening to something, and they said that that God created us in His own image. (laughs) Right, That we're created in the image of God. And we decided to return the favor to God and create God in our own image in return. <laughs> and I think we've done that in many ways. That we've wanted to make God into who we want God to be. A God that supports everything we're about. <laughs> everything we want to be about. Our agendas, what we kind of want for our world instead of really trying to be molded and shaped into who God is. And becoming more and more like our gracious and loving and compassionate God who has an embrace that's wide enough to include every last person in this world, even the people that we despise the most. And, and so I want to continue on that journey of following Him. So let's listen to this song. Um, if you love it and you want to sing along, that's fine too. <laughs> um, but let's just uh, reflect on these words this morning and let it be a prayer for us.
1: What if Jesus Is okay with Letting parts of him Remain a mystery And what if Jesus Is just smiling When I think down here I must know everything What if my views don't Reflect his fullness And there's still so much more Of heaven yet to see What if trusting him Is what he's looking for Would that be good enough Good enough for me What if Jesus Sees what I miss, and he does not share all my thoughts on politics. What if his body bridges these chasms that I have dug out in my own self? the same ones pouring their perfume on his feet. What if Jesus
0: I'm going to share communion this morning. Communion is all about Jesus. If y'all need a communion cup, there's some at the entrance, back that way, or even right out well, at that entrance too. That's probably the closest path. But. You know, one thing about the communion. Kind of story, the story of the Lord's Supper that He shared with His disciples there before He was taken off to His arrest and trial and execution on the cross. Um, one thing about that story that strikes me is that that Last Supper that He shared, the the kind of group of people that were there at that meal, the group of people that re- received His mercy and His love and His grace at that meal. It was a, a ragtag group of people. We know that the 12 disciples were there. We know that one of them, Judas, was the person who sold him out and betrayed him so that he was going to get arrested and he still showed Judas love in that moment somehow. That's really radical. We've <laughs> got Peter and some others who uh, fell asleep when he asked them to pray for him at the garden right before he gets arrested. He knew, he knew they were going to let him down. And Peter again lets him down when he's outside. He's on trial. Jesus needed some support and friendship. And Peter was hiding from a distance and following because he was too scared. And then he gets to a fire outside the courthouse. And he denies he even knows who Jesus is but around that fire. Three, three times in a row lets him down in that way. One of the greatest betrayals in the whole Bible. And Jesus still shared this meal with these folks. And he showed them love, he showed them grace, he showed them compassion and mercy. And I don't have that kind of love in me yet, but that's, that's the journey that I'm on. <laughs> Asking God to consume me so much that I can have that kind of love, even for people who let me down, even for people who just drive me up the wall, you know? And, and I think that's really what we ought to be doing, is just pressing into Jesus so much. That we, like I said last week, we borrow the eyes of God, we borrow the heart of God, we borrow the mind of God, and we become transformed from the inside out. If you all bow your heads with me, God, thank you so much for this day. I pray, Lord, that this morning we would just be challenged and provoked even a little bit to think about how we view other people. how we can live and work in this world as people who are seeking after your ways and your justice in this world but at the same time continuing to love relentlessly continuing to reach out to folks who we may not want to reach out to continuing to press in and staying in relationships sometimes when we may want to run help us Lord just to be challenged to think about this and to consider Lord what it is you're asking us to do how we might be able to be people who humble ourselves enough to see ourselves the way you see us, to see others the way you see them also. But we pray that as we share communion, that we would be reminded of you and what you did for us, that instead of comparing ourselves to everybody else, that we would compare ourselves to you in your example and that we would be challenged and inspired to continue down that path of of just radical love, that path of of being all about God's business, a path of humility, service, compassion. Help us to never lose that, Lord. And Lord, when we're confused, help us to always err on the side of love and compassion instead of judgment and harshness. Soften our hearts, Lord. Help us to have thick skin and soft hearts. I pray you pour out your Holy Spirit upon these communion elements, those of us here in the room on this bread and juice, those at home, whatever they've set aside for this purpose. Pour out your Holy Spirit on these things and make, let them be for us the body and blood of Christ. Fill us up this morning in a fresh way. I pray we would leave here changed because we've encountered you, the living God. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you'd like to share this with me, we can take it now. I encourage you to take and eat. This is the body of Christ broken for you. I encourage you to take and drink. This is the blood of Christ shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. We're going to end our time just by worshiping together. If you'd like prayer, Pastor you will be in the back. she would be more than happy to lift you up. I'll be up here in the front. If you'd like me to pray for you here, I'd be happy to do that as well. Let's just spend a little bit of time connecting with God as we uh, end our time together. Hi. It was really good to be here together today. I pray that uh, God spoke to you in some way, challenged you in some way, and really the work begins now for us, you know, as we're kind of filled up and we are inspired or, you know, led to some kind of thing as we're together. It's important now for us to kind of take that and to wrestle with it and talk about it and and, and pray on it um, and ask God where he might be leading you this week. I have a couple of things just to share with you before you leave this morning. When you come into the church, I encourage you all to get an announcement sheet and read it really closely. There's a lot going on. We send out an email as well. I encourage you to read those with our Connect cards in your pews. If you're new or visiting with us today, been here once, twice, three times, whatever. If we don't know who you are, then I encourage you to fill that out and put that over in this box by the door. You can also put an offering there if you'd like to give financially this morning. There's one at the back of the sanctuary as well. We'd love to know who you are. If you have prayer requests, you can put those on that card. As well, and then also um, a couple of announcements I do want to highlight. The Pastor Appreciation Social, like Sarah said, is right now after church downstairs in our fellowship hall. You can go out this door, go down the stairs, follow the noise. You'll make it down there. I'm not sure what's down there, but it's going to be good, I'm sure. And so head on down for that after church if you're able to do that. Also, we have a really cool event coming up um, in two, two Saturdays, right? Um, Not this coming Saturday, but the one after that, November 5th, it's in here somewhere, you know, November 5th, right there, the first one on your page, so I encourage you to read it like I did not. Um, But on Saturday, November 5th, we're going to hold our All Saints Day open mic, and we did this last year, and it was a lot of fun. And so basically, you all can sign up to uh, share something in the open mic night. You could share a song if you'd like to do that. Some people shared uh, short stories, some people shared poetry, we even had visual art that folks shared, um, but anything you would like, uh, a quote that you love, there's all sorts of ways that you could participate, and what we're doing for All Saints Day is we're going to dedicate um, whatever we share to a saint in our lives, so somebody that has kind of informed our spiritual life and kind of mentored us and helped us become who we are today, because we, we recognize that we are not just isolated individuals. We are connected to a long legacy of people who've come before us, who have helped us become who we are today. And so we want to give honor to those folks um, at this open mic event. And there is a sign-up sheet on each welcome table. And so if you already know I want to participate, sign up. Even if you don't know what you're doing yet, still sign up so Christina can know uh, that you're going to to participate. If you want to participate and you're not sure what to do, talk to Christina. She will help you know what to do. She's, she's great at that. And so, um, and then the last thing I just want to mention is that we are still hiring in our nursery. Abigail Ruger has faithfully led our nursery as our coordinator for a few years now. And she is moving on to something different um, and just not able to commit to that every weekend now. And so, um, we are looking for someone who can kind of spearhead our nursery. It's only about four to five hours a week of time. And so, there's information in there about that. Please help us spread the word. If you know of anybody, share it on your social media, all that. That'd be great so that we could try to get some good applicants for that position. So I invite you all to stand for the benediction. Benediction is the sending out. It's sending uh, us out to live out the things that, that we experience and learn here in church this morning. So may the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forever. Amen. Go in God's peace.